Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kabakian, can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Richard and I have a favourite coffee spot that we, that we go to in the mornings. And, and um, so I went the other day and I pulled up, put my indicator on, pulled in, and then I went forward. I had to reverse back because, you know, I'd gone too far over the line. It was, what do you call that one? A parallel park. So I went forward, I was reversing back. And as I reversed back, this car that was obviously sort of behind me was like, and took off like an angry man. I was like, oh. Whoa, where did he come from? Oh, I didn't see him in my rearview mirror. Maybe was he trying to reverse and park behind me? But I had, I, oh, okay, oh well, sorry, maybe I did something wrong. He was obviously not a happy camper. And um, so then he pulled up a little bit further up, gets out of his car, I'm getting out of mine, and out of courtesy, look, I didn't do anything wrong, but out of courtesy, I just said, sorry. He goes, yes, yeah, sorry, don't you have an indicator? And, whoa, okay, he was unhappy, but I was sure I used my indicator. I always use my indicator. I'm a great driver. I pride myself on my rule-abiding, excellent driving. Like, I, I abide by the speeds, I, I'm a safe driver, I like to always indicate, I check over my shoulder when I change lanes. Many drivers don't, I notice. None being named. But, you know, I, I do that. I check. I, so I was... But it made me think, it made me question my driving. It made me think, oh, am I a safe driver? Do I use my indicator? Because obviously this guy was unhappy with me. And you know what? It showed me that I have a blind spot. That maybe there's something in my life that I thought I was actually ticking all the boxes and doing really well, but maybe I'm not. Maybe there's room for a little bit of review and assessment of how I'm driving. And Richard's definitely affirming this, but you know, I still think I'm a great driver. After a review, I decided I am a fantastic driver and it was his fault. No, no. But, um, but you know what, that's what detox does. That's what this detox series that we're talking about, it gives us a chance to stop, take stop, take stock, have a look, have a review, you know, how am I going here? What am I doing? What behaviours, what thinking, what attitudes, what foods have I put into my life over the last year that really don't need to be there and that I need to get rid of? And that's what detox does. What habits have we caught on? What relationships maybe have we formed that aren't really helping us go forward? So that's why we're doing the detox series. And today I am talking about detox our debt. So I know you're going to enjoy that. But detox actually means treatment designed to rid the body of poisonous substances and toxins. So actually, like getting stuff out of the way. And um, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 3, which has been the signature scripture across this series, says that there is a time to tear down and a time to build up. So sometimes we have to actually go backwards a bit. Sometimes we have to undo, take away, remove before we start to build the new. And that's why it's a great time of the year to detox. Detox is like pruning a tree. I don't know if any of your gardeners in the room, but John chapter 15, verse 2, Jesus says this. He says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So when we detox, we actually allow God to come into our lives and chop off the bad stuff, but also 
trim the good stuff so that it can bear more fruit. So we actually can highlight the things that, you know what, this is an area of my life that I really should focus on. This is something I could do better. This is something that I could grow because now the bad stuff's out of the way. These are my strengths that I can go forward with. So whether it's the good or the bad, detox is fantastic. Amen? So as we think about detoxing our debt, there was a couple of... um, I suppose a couple of things we need to think about, you know, um, our money, our debt, what we own, what we spend. But I thought we should ask ourselves, or ask myself, a couple of questions that would just help us assess our debt at this point. The first one is, where does my money go? You know, for some of us, we're the budget keeper, we're really good at keeping tally of every single receipt. And others of us, we just pay the bill at the end of the month, we've got no idea. It was just a lump sum bill on my credit card, it's gone, don't know what I actually spent my money on. Now that's great if it's working for you, but at some point in the year, you probably would be helpful to know where your money goes. Just take a moment to, you know, what are you spending it on? What do you do with it? Where does my money go? Do I manage my money well? I think this next question is really important for us. It's, is my money or my financial situation affecting my behavior and my attitude? Because if the way you're living, the way you're behaving and interacting with people is is being affected by maybe debt or stress or what's going on with money, then that's not helpful. It's actually now bleeding into your relationships. What about, do I pay my bills on time? Are you that late person that always waits for an extra notice? Or are you just like, you know what? I owe those people money, I'm gonna give it to them. Have I applied biblical principles to my spending? Now these are just some of the questions we can ask ourselves as we think about detox our debt. Now I do have a disclaimer right up front, you know how whenever you you do anything these days there's always a at the end. So my little um, is I am not a financial planner, I am not a finance expert, I'm a Christian who's been believing God's way of finance for the last 40 whatever years and um, because you know when did you start applying these things I was only little uh, so if you if today and what we're talking about actually stirs up for you some um, difficulty or you're like oh you know what I really need some help please seek help there's not all the answers to finance right here in the next little window of time so we would encourage you there's lots of wisdom around there's lots of good financial planners there's there's good resource online Christian um, finance resource so I encourage you to do that is that good Amen. Come on. How are you going up the back? You happy? Fantastic. So let's get wise. What does the Bible actually say about debt? So whether it's your house mortgage, whether it's a credit card, whether it's an investment property, maybe it's borrowing from your parents or you young guys down the front there, even the old ones sometimes. Maybe it's a study debt or maybe it's just an unpaid invoice. What does the Bible actually say to us about debt? Well, I think we should read this together. We're in Romans chapter 13, verses seven and eight. And this scripture, when I read it just recently, it really jumped at me. It was one of those, oh, I've never really noticed it before in regards to what we're talking about today. So let's read together. Big voices, everybody. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Let no debt remain outstanding, except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. 
So in Paul's mind, the only thing really that we don't need to make sure we're up to date with, that we've repaid, is love. Because really, we can never, never, ever outgive God's love. It's just an unrepayable debt. But everything else, we shouldn't have hanging over our heads. And that's the thing about debt. Debt becomes, can become a burden. Debt, when it's out of control, it can become something that controls our lives. And God doesn't want that for us. He doesn't want us living as if we're owned by somebody else. He wants us to live in freedom. He wants us to live led by Him with our finances. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7 says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is the slave to the lender. And we're not meant to be living in slavery. Jesus came to set us free. And having that lender leaning over us. We don't want the nab always ringing us, looking at your phone in fear because some debt collector is chasing us down. It's not a nice way to live. And you know what, Richard and I do know this feeling. When we were, uh, we'd been married maybe about four years and life had, had changed in that process, four or five years. I'd, um, before we got married, I was from Sydney. And I had a, a good job, I was working hard, um, you know, I didn't have many bills, I was living at home, so I had a lot of disposable income, and um, the bank was very happy to give me a credit card. But the funny thing is about the banks is when your income changes, they don't take the credit card back. Little tip for you guys, all right, down there at the front. So I had this credit card with all this um, credit limit on it, and our lifestyle had changed. Like I was now at home with, with small children, Richard was at Bible college, you know, we were living on oily rags, eating oily rags almost. Um, I think that was pasta. I was cooking, but it tasted like rag, oily rags. Uh, I was not a good cook in those days. But, you know, we, we started to use the credit card to fill the gaps, the emergency, because we just didn't have, we just couldn't make ends meet. And um, so it was a tricky season, and, you know, we probably should have had some more wisdom around us, but we ended up with this credit card debt. And um, my dad... I was on, uh, he heard about this credit card debt that I had and um, he was concerned that it was, you know, strangling us, that it was actually causing us difficulty. So uh, I was on the phone, I was in the hallway in our little house and um, this was in the day where you had like a table with the phone on it, like there was a special, we used to have, hey guys, we used to have a special place where you'd put the phone, like it was just one, and then there was like this curly thing that connected the, 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 receive, the receiver to the thing, and then it was actually connected to the wall, so you had to stand there in the hallway, and, and there was always a little stool there so you could sit and chat and the whole house could hear you, and anyway, this was, you guys don't know what I'm talking about, it was a long, long time ago. So we used to, I'm there on the hall, in the hallway, and I'm on the phone with my dad, And he said to me, "Um, you know, I know you're really struggling and we we want to actually pay your credit card debt. We just want to pay the lot. We just want to clear it so you guys aren't aren't living backwards, that you can move forwards. And you don't have to repay us, we just want to help you. And I was just, I remember being just so overwhelmed and I was actually, the the, the way it overwhelmed me revealed how much this thing was actually a burden to me, how much it was troubling me that I probably hadn't even admitted to myself. But when he helped us, when he offered this, I was just overwhelmed by his generosity, overwhelmed by his willingness just to give this to us. And, and you know, you could say, oh, it's not responsibility, whatever. That generous act was so significant for us at that point in our lives. And, um, you know, that's, that's the problem with debt. We can find ourselves in a place where we're trapped 
where it oppresses us, where we can't live in the freedom that God has designed us to live in. And um, so credit cards aren't evil, loans aren't evil. It's actually making sure that you can manage to repay them. Um, You know, the credit card companies actually hope we potentially end up not being able to pay them or use them for emergencies because that's when they actually make some of their money, some of their income. So we have to be careful with what we do with debt. Uh, paying interest on things that we are eating. Like if you've got a credit card or if you've got a loan and you're, you're just consuming the things that are in that, that's not really such a good idea. It's not wise use of the resource God's given you. He wants us to live within the means that we have, not find ourselves snowballing. So the Bible actually doesn't expressly forbid or condone the borrowing of money. It's not like it's a no or it's a yeah, go for it. It actually teaches us that we have to use wisdom to, to, and steward the resource, the money that God has given us, that we are responsible to be good people with what he's given us and to be wise and careful. So guys, before you commit to being in debt of any kind, if you haven't already, maybe you're buying a house, it could be borrowing $20 before you go to lunch today because you're a young adult and you've got no money. Either way, whichever one it is, we have to ask ourselves some sensible questions. Can I actually afford this? Is it something that I will be able to repay? Is it manageable to repay it? Can I pay it off in a reasonable time frame? And am I being a wise guardian of what God has given me? So we've got to ask ourselves, you know, the financial planner, the sensible questions. We've got to Put a bit of that hat on sometimes, not just live in the moment and, um, and just spend money that we don't actually have. So the biggest question though for me, after you've thought about those things, the biggest question is, what is God's ideal plan for our money? What does God actually think about this? Why does he actually put money, resource in our hands? Why does he do that? Is it just so that we can live and have fun and get everything that we want, like eventually we have everything? Is that like the ultimate life goal that God has for us? What does the Bible tell us? Let's look at Psalm chapter 37, 21. It says, the wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous, what's it say? Give generously. The righteous give generously. Matthew chapter 5, verse 42 says, Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. God wants us to lend to those who are in need and to give generously. That's what God's plan is for our resource. And God actually entrusts us with resources so that we can find ways to help people, we can be creative, we can look around us, meet people who have got needs, and we can actually be the generous person, just like my dad, who can do that. But we can't do it if you live in debt. If when you receive your paycheck, all of it goes out to pay all these different people that you owe money to, or all of it goes on spending on your clothes, or all of it goes just to do what you wanna do, you can't then, you've got nothing left to be generous with. You've got nothing left to actually help somebody else. We can only be generous with what's left after we've paid our bills, after we've um, you know, paid our debtors. So when we live in debt, when we're living in big debt and under that, it limits our ability to actually fulfill what God has designed for us, true? Come on. So Jesus tells us in Matthew 25 that we should invest, not spend. Like it's like the opposite. We're in the, I'm talking about myself. You guys are all fantastic, but I'm preaching. You know, spending is fun. Spending is great. But Jesus says we should invest. He tells us the story um, 
about the, the three men and he gives them all, all of them had a different amount of money. And he said they, sh they should have invested, not spent it. Earning interest on our investments rather than paying interest on our spending is a really wise way to handle our money because we're meant to put some of our money to work. It's meant to grow. We're not just meant to spend it all. Is that good? Now, I know for some of you, this is a revelation, hey? I know my son yesterday, he's like, oh, I wanted to go eat a Parmigiana, but I knew at home in the fridge was a Parmigiana. So I came home and ate the Parmigiana. How cool is that? Like, that was breakthrough right there. So, you know what? It's a learning process for all of us. You know, he just saved $27 because there it was in my fridge. And so sometimes, young guys, um, you know, we just got to think, think bigger, think outside the box, go home to the fridge. There's usually, sometimes there's food in ours. So, <laughs> investing, God wants us to invest. So whether it's the bank, whether you're investing in the bank, whether you're investing in shares, maybe it's property, whatever it is you're investing in. But the thing that is the most powerful is people. When we actually invest in people. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 42, it says, Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Luke chapter 6, verse 35 says, But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great. Then your reward will be will be great. So you know what, when we sow into other people, when we give into people's lives, when we help somebody, when we help someone get that leg up so they can go forward, just like my dad did, it's actually an eternal reward that he gets for that. One that we can't even measure on the financial bottom line, but it, it has a value. And sometimes we have to make sure we're investing there, not just the super plan, paying off the house, all those things. We have to think long-term. We have to think, what's happening for my eternity? Yeah, I'm gonna retire to the Swiss Alps, but no, what about my eternity? What's happening there? So what's our eternal value for what we're investing? We're meant to help people. We're meant to be the funnel that God can actually pour money through so that he can reach other people's needs. We're meant to ask God, God, how could I bless someone? How can I be the person who blesses somebody? And you know what, over the last 12 months, um, last year, this is something that really challenged me more than um, it's ever challenged me before. And I think it was because I suddenly saw that as a church, we're doing some really good things. There's lots of great things happening, lots of wins going on with raising leaders, raising young people, older people to, to serve in the house. We've got our internship, our leadership program, our college. People are getting trained in the word. We've got op opportunities overseas. There's, it's, it's like we've stepped into a new era, a new level. So the problem that I see is money. And I felt God say to me, I felt like, God, if I had a million dollars, suddenly I know what I could do with that million dollars. Today, I could, wow, we can train that family. We could actually get a family to come from overseas, from a nation like Poland. They could come here. We could host them. We could look after them. And then we could send them back so that they can plant an amazing church. And that would cost us maybe thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000. Like, that's, that's not that much money, Helen. So in my mind, I'm like, God, if I had a million dollars, I could maybe 
do that for 10 couples. There's 300. And then what if we, but for about 100,000, we could start a church in a, in a city that doesn't have any life-giving church? Like, you know, I'm just, don't, don't quote me on these exact numbers. I haven't done a budget spreadsheet, but about that much money, we could do something. We can make a difference. Yeah. Oh my gosh, God, but it's only a million dollars. Okay, that buys a house in the inner city closer into Melbourne. But I'm starting to think, I've got the people, we've got the ideas, we've got the connections now, and God challenged me. I'm not saying this is, this is, a, this is necessarily a church thing. I'm saying me personally. God said, Helen, if I put more resource in your hands, what would you do with it? Would you, what would you do with it? Would you be a funnel for me? Can you see what I could do? Can you see? And, and I, I started getting very excited about this. But what's God showing you? He might be saying, you know what, just partner with what's going on. But I believe God's, God wants to talk to you about the things you see, the people you see in your world, the needs that are around you. And he wants to use you as a funnel just as much as he wants to be me. This, I'm, not, I'm not that special, okay? God wants to use us to funnel resource to help liberate, raise leaders, help young people, put families together, teenage, I don't know, whatever you've seen around you. Come on, you could be a little bit more excited than that. Yeah, come on, come on. I think that's pretty exciting. What has God shown you? Because the sky's the limit. Start dreaming, imagining. Say, God, what, what could it look like? Now, I know that in this room there's a diversity of financial situations. Some of you can relate to my story about just being so desperate and that, that credit card. You're thinking, we're about to go bankrupt and you've got no idea how tough things are. And you're talking like, dream, dream. I, I can't even imagine how I'm going to buy nappies for my baby. And I actually spoke to a family just this morning who said, you know what you said, that was exactly where we were two years ago. And today we are in such a different place. And I can assure you, I can give you a list of those sort of testimonies where God has helped people come from that place of almost on the edge. Or maybe they have gone there, but God can rebuild your financial situation. God can change it. He can turn it around. He can take you on a journey get rid of your debt, credit cards. It's usually a process, but there is another way. And if that's you, you should seek help. You should get someone that you can talk to. We can help you with that. But some of us are there. Some of us are young people and we just, you know, we don't have work, we're studying, we're living on tight budgets. That's cool, like it's part of life. Some of you are about to retire. You've got your super fund, it's all set, it's all planned. You're dreaming, imagining, gonna go on the, plan, the trip of your life. You know, you're at that point in your lives. Some of us are, you know, got a business, you're working, things are great, you're not thinking about finance from week to week, your bills are paid, got a bit of flexibility, all of us are in the room. From wealthy, flourishing to struggling, can't, we're all here. But you know what, God's word applies to all of us. God word, God's word about detoxing our debt applies to every single one of us. All of us need to stop and evaluate what's going on with our money and believe that God could maybe do more, take us to the next level, amen? Amen, come on, give the person beside you a high five. Say, come on, let's do this. Why? Why does God want us to lend and give generously? Okay, let's stop and think for a minute. God of the universe. Every tree that grows, he made. Every star that shines, the planets, the oxygen, surely he could have made money fall from the sky. Surely he could have given each of us a tree in the backyard that would supply our needs. Like it's God. 
We're talking about God here. He's the creator, he could do anything. So why did he even involve us in the whole money thing? Why did he even make it that the only way his church, his body would function is because his people would give? Why, why did God do that? What's, what, what was his thinking? Surely he could have done it some other way or all by himself. But yesterday I was out for lunch with some new friends that we'd made they were visiting from um, interstate and we took them for coffee and Richard went and ordered the cake and we got this carrot cake and because um, he thought it, he wanted the carrot cake. It was moist, it was beautiful, it was lovely, it was creamy. So he got a couple of serves of carrot cake for us to share and he brought it back and obviously they're our guests. He's paid for the carrot cake. So they're our guests and as he puts it down, I take the end of it and serve myself. And as I did that, I thought, Helen, and he's so rude, like, they're your guests. You're supposed to give the cake to the guests before you serve yourself. But my logic behind this, there was logic, there's always logic. My logic was that I only took a very small piece and they might've wanted to give me a bigger serve, but I wanted to give more to them. So I just took the little tiny bit of the end so that then they felt like they were being, I was being generous to them. But no, Helen, you served yourself first. And, and it just was like, that's so selfish. And most of us are pretty selfish. Most of us tend to think of ourselves first. Most of us are concerned about our bills, our house. I'm happy to help somebody, but first, first, first I've got to look after number one. First, I've got to make sure I'm okay. First, but God says, you know that greedy, selfish thing that's in you? I know it's there. So I'm gonna help you out. I'm gonna help you out with it, and I'm gonna get you to give the first of your money away. You're gonna have to give it away. And when you give it away, then you're gonna be like, oh God, really? And, and yeah, he goes, but don't worry, I'll look after the rest. Yeah. I'll look, if you, if you give it away, what you're saying to me is, God, I believe, I believe that you're big and you can help me with the rest of what I've got. And if you're a Christian and in this church, we believe in the principle of tithing, giving the first 10% to the house of God. So, you know, that's another whole message. I'm not gonna go there today. You can um, have a look at that. But after that, after you've done that, or if you're not a Christian, just start with just being generous. Take a dollar, take 20 cents, take $10,000, I don't know, whatever is the next step for you. You've already done the first bit, God says give, and then he goes, come on, be generous. But, but it's my money, I've got to pay my bills. I know, but the world's bigger than you. It'll be okay, God will look after it. So you take just that small bit. Now you might say, what's my 20 cents gonna do? 20 cents can't help someone, $1 can't help somebody. But you know what, if you put that aside every week, your $1, put it aside, put it aside, then that will grow and you can say to God, I've got it there when there's a need. God, show me a need where I can be generous. And as you do that, you'll be shocked the things that God shows you and you'll also be shocked at how the rest of your money pays your bills. And that you might have decided, you know what, I would rather buy one less shirt a month, for example, and actually give that money away because it was so much more fun giving that money away. And you know what, Richard and I did that, it was called our seed account. And as we came out the other side of like that financial debt, we said, no, 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 we're gonna live differently, we're gonna tithe, and then we're gonna set aside an amount that we can be generous with. And when you do that, it actually plans for generosity. God can talk to you. When you haven't planned, it makes it really difficult. And applying faith. You know what, everything, God, the whole Christianity is all about faith. It's all about saying, God, 
I need you. And when we do that, when we generous, when we give our first away and then we decide to put some for somebody else, what's a cause? What we're saying is, God, I'm trusting you. I have faith that you're gonna make the rest work. I have faith that you're actually gonna talk to me and show me a need. I have faith that my, my seed can make a difference. So God wants to see our faith applied to our money. And as we detox, my question to you is, when it comes to your money, maybe you are paying the bills, maybe you have got a budget, maybe you're ticking all the financial boxes, where's your faith? Where's your faith for a job that can actually pay you more money because you feel like you're limited right now? Where's your faith that God could actually cause your boss to say, you know what? I want you to earn this, I want you to do the same thing, but I'm gonna pay you double. Are you asking God for that? Are you believing for that? Where's our faith? How are we going forward with faith? Matthew chapter 17, verse 20 says, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing is impossible. We just have to have some faith. Believe that God can actually make a difference. Hebrews chapter 11, verse six, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. He exists and he rewards. God, you're invol- I want you involved in my money because you're real and I know that you're gonna bless what I'm doing. So what are you believing for that you can't do that only God could? What, what, what's your stretch your stretch in your money that it's like, God, I'm gonna be faithful and diligent here, but I'm really believing that as I do that, you're gonna open this door, you're gonna open that door, you're gonna give me opportunity. I'm not saying be silly and, you know, oh, I'm gonna live by faith, give it all away and somehow go, no, no, we're called to be wise, we started with that, wisdom, be good stewards, but be a good steward and then say, come on, God, what? I'm believing for this, I'm believing for the bigger, what space is there in your planning for a miracle? Do you believe that God could actually change your financial future? Maybe you're stuck somewhere and you think, this has been my mom, this was my grandparents, this is our family's always been looked like this financially. But God can shift that. Your future doesn't have to look like what your past looks like, whether it's money, whether it's emotions, all those things. But come on, we can have faith for our finance. You know, 15 years ago, 2003, Richard and I, we started, we were just in the early days of Lifehouse, our budget was tight. And you know we were, we were doing okay, but there was, I wasn't working. And um, I was believing that God was gonna take us to the next level. I just, I, and I, in my diary, I found my diary from that, from 2003, just last week. And I'd written what I was believing for the year ahead in our finances. And I had this whole list. And one of them was that I would be able to buy some new clothes. That I wouldn't just have to hope some friends gave me some secondhand ones. And, that I could actually just go to the shops and you know, buy two pairs of pants and two tops, like wow. So, and for some of you that's like, that's how I feel. For some of you you're like, Yo, what a joke. But that was where we were at. So I believed for that and I believed for a job and I had written the number of hours I wanted and how much I needed to get paid so that we could make our, our budget work, we could start to function, the kids were heading off to school. So I was sort of joining all these things and I wrote down this whole list and when I looked at it last week, I, was, I almost laughed, actually, at, this, at the smallness in my now reality of some of these requests. My faith at the time was stretched to even write those things down, and God has come through and, and fulfilled them and met our needs. But today I think, wow, God, wow. If I, what, what I believe for, you've, you've come in over and above and beyond, but the question is, now what am I gonna do? 
Now that I can pay my bills and I'm not so stressed, am I just going to spend more money, buy more designer clothes, go to another level, just buy, shop? Or am I going to think, God, what do you want me to do with my money? What do you, what do you want for me? What's your plan for what is going on? Is my miracle now to bless others or just to keep living, on my own, living in my own finances, just spending, spending? And you know what? I think that's a question that, that is important for us to ask ourselves. Because I want to be someone who sows for the future, someone who has made room that I can give, that I can sow into other people's lives, that I can be generous and lend just like Jesus said for us to do. Let us detox our debt so that we can go to that next level, like we can stop and think, maybe it's a dollar, maybe it's more, I don't know. You know what, my, when my dad offered to pay that credit card, really he gave me a rescue package. He gave me that rescue package and, and the way I felt that day when I got that phone call and after the conversation, I decided I wanted to be the person on my dad's end of the phone. Awesome. Yeah. I didn't want to be the person on this end of the phone. I wanted to be the person that was able to help other people. And I think that's what we're called to be. We're called to be the people who are the solution. And sometimes we find ourselves needing a solution and that's a miracle for us when that solution comes through, but how much more a miracle that we can be the solution for somebody, that we can be that person who's actually looking for places to sow. And you know, that doesn't happen by accident. We didn't go from there to there with a, God did not put a money tree in our backyard, if some of you were wondering. No, it was a plan, it was a process. God gave us wisdom, he put good people around us. He helped us then to create a budget, to write things down and create a surplus in our income we had to apply faith, we had to live in obedience, but we had a plan. You need a plan. To go forward with anything, you need a plan. And Isaiah 32 verse eight, this is one of my favorite scriptures, probably because I'm a planner. <laughs> and I like a checklist, and I like this. This is a really good one, and this is my seed account. This, this is mine, all right, this is my scripture. I own it, taking it. Isaiah 32 verse eight says, but a generous man devises generous things and by generosity he shall stand. And you know, if we wanna to be, to shift ourselves from struggling to being able to have excess that we can be generous with, that we can find a way, we've gotta make a plan. And we've gotta devise, we've gotta come up with ways to be generous. So that then, when the opportunity's in front of us, we can say, I can do that, I'm ready. Not, oh, I'd love to help you out, but I can't. No, I'm ready. I'm ready to help that person. I'm ready to equip that young guy. I'm ready to pay that guy's college fees. I'm ready to give that young mum a car. I'm, re I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. And for some of us, it might be, I'm ready to shout someone lunch. Might be that small. For some of us, you know what? I'm ready to help plant a church in Poland. I'm ready to, that's, I'm putting my name on that one. That's the one, bang, there it is. Help, come on. It's exciting what God can do with us, yes? So come on, we've got to detox our debt so we can go forward. In John chapter three, verse 16, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave, he gave his only, his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And you know what? God's character, God's heart up front is just so generous. 
and he gave his son so that we could have a relationship with him, so that we could have a conversation with God, that we could have no, no unforgiveness, no stuff hanging off our back, no guilt, no shame, no disappointments, that we could, all that could be shaken off because of what God has done through his son. But just like my dad was very kind and generous, my father was just so good to me in giving me, in paying that bill. And he's a human father. And it was just a few thousand dollars. Don't you think your heavenly father who loves you is happy to do so much more, so much more for us? And that it sh- the, the, what my father did for me, my physical father, showed me the power of what my spiritual father has done. And just like my dad said to me, there's no strings attached, I'm just paying it, it's done. All I want for you is to move forward in a better way. All I want for you is to live as I'd hoped you would live. That's all my dad wanted. All I hoped is that you guys would learn how to manage money and look after it. And that's our heavenly father too. He says, all I want for you is to, it's done. There's no strings attached. I just want you to go forward and live a full life. Go forward and have a great family. Have peace in your heart. Have love. Find kindness coming out of you. That's what I want for you. I just want you to live the best life you can without this baggage hanging off your back. But once again, just like my dad, I had to say to him, Dad, I accept your offer. And here's the BPAY number and the reference number for my bank account for you to pay. You, like I had to accept the offer of that transaction. And it's the same with our Heavenly Father. He's, the debt's paid. It's, there's no debt waiting, really. Jesus is there, ready the, the, to, to drop in, for His blood to cover everything of our past, for us to be set free from, from the bondages and the disappointments and the stuff in our hearts. But we have to say, I accept it. I receive it. I receive what you've done for me. I, I had to humble myself to say, Dad, I need you. That's it. God, you know what? I need you. I need your son. Hi, I'm Richard Kabaki and pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now. And if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.